0: I'm a dad,
1: and I'm about to be. I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. My first child is due early next year. I'm Tom O'Brien, and I'm Aaron Gales. Tom's got a head start
0: on me. But that doesn't mean that I know what I'm doing yet. Join us as I get ready to be a parent. And I try to function as one on no sleep. We'll take on the big subjects. Bust some myths. Find out how the proper dads do things. And avoid Peppa Pig at all costs. This is The Dad Place. Yes, welcome to the Dad Place. I'm sorry to inform you, Angel Care have not been in touch yet. We are not officially sponsored by them, but we're unofficially using one of their products right now to check that the children are still asleep. Yes, they are. Um, It's Tom O'Brien here, and I'm joined as ever by Aaron Gales, who is getting closer and closer to the birth of his first child.
1: I am, Tom, and I I thought I'd use this opportunity in this next episode. Um, You know, we've spent a a lot of time talking about the, you know, The baby, you know. I thought I'd use this episode to talk about us, Tom. How does it affect us? Um how does it affect dads? You know, what effect does it have on our lives? I've been doing a bit of research at some of the common things that people say, some of the things that I've been thinking about. Um and of course as as we plugged in the last episode, I do want to get into an in depth discussion about your excellent batch cooking skills.
0: Well, there we go. I mean, if that hasn't if that hasn't got them all lined up to listen, then nothing will. Um, let's let's get straight into it. What are you worried about? What do you think is going to go? What, what do you think is going to be different?
1: Well, I've been having I've been having a look, Tom, and about the sort of effect that it has on a on a on a dad. Um, and you know, I've not I've not taken you know I'm not I'm not taking it ridiculously seriously. But you know, these are these are minor quibbles in the grand scheme of things. But the first one, Tom. Uh, and I'd be interested to know your experience. The first one is that I will get fat, uh, and basically, um, as we as we sort of briefly discussed in the last episode, your obsession with um, Cadbury Heroes, um, which you kept topped up for months on end. Am I am I just going to get really fat because I've got no time to do anything and just eat loads of crisps and chocolate just to survive? But what what was your experience?
0: I certainly put on a little bit of weight. I didn't put on enough that I think people were, you know, standing further back against the wall in a corridor to give me space to pass by. Mm. I think, yeah, I mean, I was, I was certainly, I was overeating a little bit as well because you just it, you go for convenience, yeah, as you yeah. say, you know. I still think that the lowest point of the first month of my parenting was needing an emergency crumpet in the afternoon, putting it in the toaster, hearing it pop, and then going back to find the cat had climbed up and had taken it out of the toaster and was <laughs> eating it on my behalf. And that was one of the few points where I thought, I could break down and cry now.
1: Well, Tom. That, but
0: uh, but I, I had more crumpets, so it was fine. I didn't. But no, I, 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 didn't get, I didn't get But I certainly put on a bit of weight, but I think it's like manageable weight. I also yeah. think because you, I also liken this to Everest as well. I'm awake now for about four hours a day, longer than I think I was previously. Yeah. So, like, if you're climbing Everest, you're doing more stuff, so you're taking on more calories. Yeah. I think it's probably working the same way that I need an extra five hundred to a thousand calories a day simply to to function.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, Tom, the next the next one then we'll will move that that moves nicely into the next one. So, um, probably a combination of the, of the tiredness and everything else. But you, you said about being quite emotional when the um, cat ate your crumpet. Um, that's The next one, sort of, you know, lots of, lots of people say there's going to be tears and plenty of them. Was that was that your experience? Um, you know, did you find yourself more emotional generally or? Just depends on lack of sleep or, or what the baby's like at that particular time.
0: I mean, I'm I'm a pretty emotional guy as it is. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since a combination of the 2012 Olympics, which broke me uh, <laughs> with uh, with medal by medal by medal, and
1: anything in particular, with particular,
0: I I think. The Jess Ennis story, I thought her gold medal was a particularly emotional moment, particularly because I, I worked in Sheffield for a radio station at the time, so she was an athlete that we were following that I'd, I'd met on several occasions as well. And so that was just... I just thought that was just... A, and there's the pressure on her as the poster girl for the Games, so I found yeah. that quite quite emotional. I I thought, and again, this, is, this might not pay me the best, like, the radio commentary from Simon Brotherton of... Chris Hoy's Kieran win because I was driving home as I was listening to that I just thought it was just the the way he painted the words with that was just it was a beautiful moment and I particularly enjoyed that so I but I I also was made particularly vulnerable by the Educating Yorkshire episode where Mushy finds his voice in the school assembly and starts speaking and I only have to think about that and I might start crying now uh, if if I think like god that boy oh he stole our hearts um if, if anything ever happened to him if I ever found out that he committed some sort of crime or turned out to be like a, a just like really like hated chips or something like that you know just was a violently aggressive man I would be as heartbroken as if it were my child um, yeah. um, I would happily let him come and stay in our spare room if I had the means to have a house that had one um but yeah I think was I super emotional when the baby came I don't remember sort of breaking like like sobbing or anything like that or being being very teary i think it can be a particularly difficult time for some parents some people don't channel that emotion uh, uh, aren't able to channel that emotion because there's too much going on perhaps and i think for me when when it's come out and when there's been been a few tears so i'm getting serious now but when, when when you get a bit teary you think i remember and we've been fortunate like you know the way you take photos on an iPhone now. It does those live photo things. It sort of yeah. captures a couple of seconds before and after, and we've got a picture of Millie's first smile that oh, we just oh. happened to take a picture of it at the point yeah. that she was she was doing a smile. And I can mm. hear because it records the sound before and after. I can hear Lizzie sort of doing an ah, but mm. a really emotional one. And I can I can hear the first tear on its way from both mm. of us in that picture because that was just a lovely, lovely moment. I think like it's probably very rare that you're both together for something like that. So it was just very special, but then there'll be people who can't, who, who, and I'm, I'm fortunate, very fortunate that this didn't happen to me. And it, it didn't happen to Lizzie either that because there's so much going on at that time, it's difficult to understand your own emotions let alone the emotions of a child that that yeah. needs you all the time and it can be a really difficult time for new parents i think yeah. particularly for mums because the dad invariably is back at work after a couple of weeks yeah i think you know the 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 risk of it being not to get too too sick, but being quite a lonely sort of time as well. It's mm-hmm. such a change if you've been if you've been in an office with hundred people every day to not being in that situation. And I can understand why that can be like a really sort of difficult emotional time for for, for parents. And yeah. um it's I just think it's it's great that it's something that obviously the NHS and the midwives and the the um uh health visitors are acutely aware of and are really looking out for those signs as well so so it's something that does get does get looked for a lot more that's probably not the question you were asking but it it it, it does yeah it, i think your emotions are possibly heightened a bit like when you're on a plane at altitude um yeah. as i as i once cried at the end of the hangover cuz i was just relieved they all got back together um uh, spoiler um but um yeah. it's yeah, I think I think there there are some moments that that, that were really. De- I think you're, maybe other emotions are quite heightened. Like you know you you, you get cross quicker because mm. you think the baby should be sleeping, than not, and you get angry and you channel it the wrong way and stuff like that. But it's yeah. it's certainly I say like emotions are heightened. Um, you might find yourself being a bit teary. You might.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How did you sort of moving on to the next one? How did you cope with lack of sleep then, Tom? Because obviously that obviously ties into to your emotions if, you, if you're tired. Um, how, how did your sleep change? Were you a solid eight hours a night man before, and now you get by on on two hours? What you know? What's how did that change?
0: I've always had problems sleeping. Um, yeah. I uh, paused my studies at university in my second year because I'd basically been an insomniac for about eighteen months, with no sort of real understanding as to why that was happening. But it got to a point where I was barely functioning. I thought I'm going to fail my degree if I don't try and take some time off and just yeah. chill my boots. And yeah. I've always sort of found that I'll go through spells where I'm having like I'll be having four or five hours a night for a few weeks, mm. and then I'll get a really good night's sleep. I'm still a really weird sleeper even now, uh, in that I can sleep through one of the girls crying sometimes, and then another time I'm just awake all night. And um, I think you just you just learn to function. Mm. Uh, It's, and it's difficult because you find yourself like, I can't remember the last time Lizzie and I watched a film and we both managed to stay awake during it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, It's, but I I feel like I was more tired when I used to work in radio and I was driving over to Sheffield every day and, and having to get up at, having to actually get up for the day at half four to be over in Sheffield for 6am sometimes. Yeah. And, I'd find it impossible to drive home from that without having to pull over and have like a 5 minute nap sometimes cuz so I couldn't mm-hmm. keep couldn't keep my eyes open and snake pass is not the road for that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Whereas I don't find that now. I find like I'm shattered and, and like when I'm helping Millie go to sleep at night, I will fall I fell asleep before her tonight. Yeah. And she woke me up cuz I was snoring under a bed. <laughs> but for the most part, you just kind of I think I'm just having to get on with it. Mm, mm, but mm. it's it's I think it's something Lizzie's really, like Lizzie has always been the sort of person who's like, well I need a solid thirty-two hour sleep a night. <laughs> and so I think she's found it really difficult adjusting to that. And I guess because with feeding it had to be Lizzie who was doing that. Uh, yeah. She really struggled to stay awake, so we sort of had to buy like a telly for the bedroom. Like, I think she watched that the first series of The Circle when Lucy was born because yeah. it was a trashy reality show, and that yeah. would keep her interest peaked. Uh, yeah. So, so that sort of kept her kept her awake. But it's difficult. But I guess you you just get used to it. But like, I'm I feel drained. Or I've been up since four this morning because yeah. Millie woke and I just never really got back to sleep. Yeah. I feel drained all the time, but I yeah. can't remember when I didn't. So this is just it yeah. now, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. How does Liz cope with, um, Just sort of done a bit of reading about, and obviously from the NCT classes and stuff, about like, you know, you sleep when the baby sleeps. Um, how how does that work practically as she found? Because I, I would always, I, I'm someone who won't sleep unless I'm in bed. So I, I'm not wanting to fall asleep on the sofa or anything like that. And I would struggle to sleep in the day generally. But is that something that you sort of train yourself to do? Has Liz been able to do that, or
0: I don't even think she tried. I don't think that's a thing. No, um, I don't know. Carried... I, I don't know where you get the time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I suppose if the baby sleeps is when you do other stuff, isn't it? I guess. But
0: yeah, I, I, I reckon that's. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember us being told that from NCT. I remember that mostly from stuff like Friends. Um, yeah. But it's. I just. I, I think. Like you end up with so much washing that needs doing, and yeah, and yeah. Um, we with Millie had to, to to switch to bottles quite early, so the constant sterilising and stuff, yeah. uh, uh, you know, making sure that you eat, uh, trying to have some sort of like getting the baby to have some playtime as well uh, when yeah. they are awake. It's um I think we find that really difficult. I remember a few times my mum, like, certainly in the, in the couple of weeks I was here, Lizzie would definitely have, have had a few naps, and I probably had a couple as well. And I remember my mum coming over once I was back at work and just sort of sitting with Millie for a few hours while Lizzie went up to bed uh, because it had been a rough night, perhaps the night before or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think I was always really impressed with the way that Lizzie, like, sort of threw herself into like all the baby classes and stuff like that and got herself mm-hmm. out fairly early, like yeah. either seeing friends from NCT or or, or um, she had proper FOMO and she knew when some of the others were signing up to a baby sensory class that was bloody miles away and <laughs> no, not near anyone who was doing it, but she's like, I want to go to that because I feel yeah. like if I don't, I'm not in and I'll yeah. miss out on these things that, they, you know, they'll decide to go to another class and they won't tell us on the text group or something like that. Yeah. So she knew that she wanted to have that, that suite of activities to go to. And she sort of had a jam packed week. And I cut mm. like with Lucy, like I was back to work after six weeks with Lucy and Lizzie had a days planned out play group, Monday class, Tuesday, this, that, and, you know, constantly going to things. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously there's no chance for sleeping once Millie's around, but I don't remember doing it much with Millie as a baby either. She was just, she basically deprioritized herself, which is, like a yeah. stunning sort of act of selflessness um because you know you could you could come home to you know like a pile of baby washing and stuff like that it's like cuz and if she said i've been too tired to do it who would argue you know that's a reasonable th- like reasonable th- but she just she sort of threw herself into into trying to it was always and I'm, I'm always forever grateful for this that she said that she wanted me to come home and have nothing to do but play with Millie. Yeah. When I got home from yeah. work and that's it's it's um it sort of shows the measure of the person that she is, really. Yeah. See so yeah. I'm getting emotional now, you set me off.
1: Uh, <laughs> Put yourself together, man. Put yourself All right. together. Yeah, but yeah,
0: um, but she never had me tea on the table. Um <laughs> uh, she frequently did. <laughs>
1: Um, one thing I was going to say, Tom, uh, and I nearly forgot which just sums up really, I am quite a forgetful person anyway. So if I go upstairs to get something, I will maybe call by the toilet on the way, uh, go to the toilet, come back downstairs, and then realise that I forgot what I went up for in the first place. Um, as someone's already quite forgetful anyway, is that, is that something that becomes a bit worse as your brain becomes more frazzled, would you say? I... <laughs>
0: I think Lizzie would say yes. Like she, she says immediately. Like she is tired and has become. I think she'd be the first to say that she's become a little bit more forgetful. Mm. I probably a little bit, but I unfortunately, and there's times I wish I don't have this. I've got a stupid memory. Yeah, and like I can remember like. Oh yeah. Do you remember that night out we had in 2001 when we went to this pub and you were wearing that t-shirt and you drank six pints and then we walked home and you had a, a chicken kebab and you didn't get chili sauce that night. And I thought that was weird you didn't get chili sauce because, but you said it at the time. Yeah, I can, I can remember stuff like that. Like it's, it's <laughs> like Lizzie and I were talking about like, uh, I think, uh, a holiday we'd had and I could tell her exactly what we'd eaten every mm-hmm. night. Like, uh, um, and that hasn't gone. I might if I go upstairs. I might forget to do something because that means I can go back upstairs again. Because you bet, like going to the toilet becomes your only time alone when when your child (laughs) is active and and can move around the house. And now that Lucy can open a door, I can't even enjoy that anymore. So um, I think I think we've yeah. I think probably we do like forget to do things a little bit more. But I think. Yeah, not not a, it's not been a major hurdle
1: for life. You've I never think. you've never like left them in the pub or something like David Cameron did once.
0: No, but I mean, generally, I'm not a twat, so <laughs> uh, so I don't think. And by the time this episode goes out, by the way, the election will have taken place, so we can say whatever we want by this point. Yeah. Um, Provide <laughs> we might, to be honest, podcasts may not even exist depending on which regime comes in. But um, we no, there's there's never been anything anything like that. We've been very I, I, like the worst would have been like leaving a, a, a toy like oh we i mean we we leave something behind every time we go to my mum and dad's yeah, every time yeah, uh, yeah. but um it's never been one of the children which i think yeah. is to our credit yeah.
1: <laughs> very good so the next one tom um again another one slightly concerning is obviously once you become a dad and a parent you have less time to do things uh like go to the pub for example now i like going to the pub and Pride myself on being able to hold my alcohol quite well. Um, do you become a bit of a lightweight, Tom? Well,
0: I still, I still think I can, I can drink. The problem is, and this is, this is, it, this is new news. I think, and I don't even know if this is a real thing, but I'm doing research on it. I think I've developed an intolerance to some hops. Oh right. Uh, because I've noticed that I've been getting really bad headaches uh, that I would equate to a hangover off like one or two pints. And I've yeah. never had anything like that before. And I've not felt drunk. And like, if I'm not drunk and I've got a hangover, that's a real swizz. But yeah. I had, I had uh, um, it only happens with some types of beer. And I had a non-alcoholic IPA the other yeah. week and I had a hangover the next day and I think it might be something that was hot based like really hoppy beers I think are affecting me. So I'm doing cuz I can drink as much wine and whiskey as I want and I am absolutely golden. I'm having one yeah. now. Um you know I'm but I can't go to the pub after football and order a, a glass of Chardonnay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it if you did that would be very funny if you did. <laughs> um but it's um yes
0: yeah, so I'm I'm um it's more I don't really massively want a drink a load of the time. Like I would still I'm I'm very much a whiskey drinker, so I would and even in the early that, you know, wetting the baby's head I would have a, a, a sort of small glass of whiskey in the evening and things like that. And and but the times I've been actually drunk in the last three and a little bit years, I could probably count on two hands. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm going I'm going out for Christmas drinks with two uni friends who are both dads as well. Uh, in the run up to christmas and it will be exactly a year since we last did that mm. because we've not been able to find the time between us as parents and as people with jobs to be able to do it and yeah it'll it'll be the first time other than the post football pints in uh, in the pub that we frequent the first time that I've gone out in manchester mm. in mm. 12 months
1: right so that that, that was going to be and that was another topic of discussion tom is how your social life changes um, obviously, obviously, quite, quite significantly, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, but I don't think that's the story for everyone. I think uh, that's that's probably just us. We've mm-hmm. been like we we're now. Uh, what Millie was three in mid October. We've yeah. only had one night where we've not slept in the same house as her, mm. and that was the night Lucy was born. Right. Plan. Whereas I know other couples who've done it much more frequently. You've gone. We've had nights away where babies have been like, you know, uh, you know, single single figure weeks old, um, and it's probably quite unhealthy that we haven't done it yet. Uh, but the opportunity hasn't presented. It hasn't been something that we've wanted to do. We we're supposed to go to a wedding in October, but it got postponed. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and that would have been a, nothing sinister uh I that would have been um a, a night in london um but it got postponed and i think yeah. we're kind of relieved because october was a busy month as it was but yeah we we've not had a night away like um and i guess moving out to the sticks as well we're quite sort of isolated from uh, a lot of people that we know around yeah. here as well but i think with with millie like when when it was just one child we had like sort of sort of semi-frequent nights out just the two of us Mm. uh going to places but it's been it's been a bit more challenging with the with the two of them because lucy's like neither of them are brilliant sleepers Mm. and um lucy has got a a milk and soy intolerance as well so we feel like like you know it's there's the challenges that she's having with that and whether that's related to her sleeping. Cause we thought it was reflux as well. And this, that, and the other, it's just basically been that we thought it's really just not worth the trouble of someone else dealing with that. Yeah. And would we have a good, would we uh, knowing what she's like and knowing that she'll frequently wake like 10, 10 o'clock or something, mm-hmm. would we enjoy ourselves going out? Mm-hmm. If yeah. we knew we had to sort of rush back for that or, or, yeah. Or, yeah. or if we knew that we're going to come home to a screaming baby and whoever's looking after them, Would be absolutely fine to do it. But it's, yeah, it's just not really come up that often. But I would say we're the exceptions to the rule there. I think there are plenty of other people that I know in similar situations. Like there's there's a couple that, uh, that we know through NCT where I think I, uh, um, the no, the mum's gone away about four or five times this year. The dad seems to be away every other weekend, and um their their eldest child went away with a grandmother on holiday for a week. well like it happens yeah. we're just absolute shit at it um really? just haven't haven't sort of had the yeah, balls no, to do it yet
1: It's gonna be like it's gonna be quite interesting for me and rich because like we don't have family really nearby um so our sort of families are opposite. We're about three hours sort of from mums and dads and stuff so. You know, realistically, being able to call on a babysitter um, isn't going to be the easiest thing in the world uh, for us to do. Friend, uh,
0: friend of our other podcast, Ricey does live nearby.
1: He does. That is true. Yes, but he he is frequently away. Um, but his wife, I mean, I mean, maybe his wife might babysit for us.
0: <laughs> Even if he wasn't away, I mean, there's got to be a long list before you get to Ricey. <laughs>
1: Do you think? Yeah, but his wife. I, I trust his wife. I wouldn't trust. Yeah, I wouldn't. Tr- I mean, under no circumstances would I leave my child alone with Ricey, and that—that's not, you know, not, you know, he's, he nothing. Not because anything in would happen, but he's just, you know, he. Someone would text him and say, "Do you fancy a pint?" and he'd go out, forget about the babies or something, you know, something. No, definitely, he'd be, he'd be quite low down the list um but yeah no it'd be interesting to see i mean like, a bit like you really we're not we're not like massive for uh, sort of going out but it's just like things like we like going to the cinema we go to the cinema a lot and realistically now you know that's just not going to happen anymore is it so it's just funny i don't you i guess you don't know i guess probably you're so busy that you just don't even think about what your old life was like
0: no and i i remember having a chat to one of the nct dads saying um uh every conversation i've had he's a lovely bloke and every conversation i've had with him i've basically put my foot in it and come across like a dick um but but i was like oh yeah yeah you know we finally got a babysitter but and he said oh do you want to go to the cinema oh we're not going to waste a night out in the cinema he says yeah we do that all the time we always use the babysitter to go to the cinema oh great what did you see Uh, and i think we we've been to cinema maybe once just the two of us in three years but um I've taken Millie to the cinema to watch uh, collections of Hey Dougie on several occasions. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of like we we would rather if we we're having a night out, we'd rather go for a meal because um, mm. I know that if I go and sit in a dark room, um, I will fall asleep yeah. and I'll I'll have paid ten pounds for the privilege.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, right, Tom. Well, that, that's, that's been very informative, as, as always. I wanted to leave, as, as we plugged this in the last episode, I wanted to discuss uh, batch cooking. Oh, uh, yes. And, and, and the reason, the reason I want to bring this up is, of course, we, we worked together when um, you had your first child, um, Millie. And I remember being sort of incredibly impressed and also slightly concerned about the quality and quantity of your batch cooking, um, I, I mean, I remember you ate soup for months and months and months. That you would just done batches and batches of soup. I mean, would you like? Would would you talk me through sort of and, and the listeners or, or listener? Um, you know what your regime was. What you prepared. Was it useful? All that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Well, if you hang on, I'm just going to run to the kitchen and I'm going to get my board, which has got all my batch meals detailed on it. Talk amongst yourselves, Aaron.
1: Fantastic. Well, I think uh, I think listeners, this just sums up um, Tom's love of batch cooking. Yeah, uh, I'm back, he's right. back. So we basically
0: decided, and it was I can't remember who told us to do it. Possibly um, Lizzie's one of Lizzie's sisters, but it was just you want to eat healthily because you're just snacking a lot as well. So you should at least make sure that like your evening meal has got plenty of fruit and veg in it and stuff. But you can't be bothered cooking. And certainly when you're coming back from work, like your absolute priority is going to be to get to your child before they, you know, you, they'll eventually settle down. You hope into a, a routine where they sort of going to bed around about seven ish and sleeping till seven ish and maybe waking for a feed or two and go straight back to sleep if everything goes to plan. So those hours that you get when you get home from work are going to be like, I'm not standing over the hob and cooking for forever long. I just want to enjoy this time. So I think about two or three weeks before Millie was born, I bought a second freezer to stick in the garage. Uh, I decided I was just going to fill it with bits of batch cooking. And on the list that I've got here, I've got, we've got two family-size uh, bolognese portions in there at the moment, uh, uh, four portions of a sausage pasta sauce, Uh, um, that we made in the slow cooker, three portions of a Spanish bean and chorizo uh, dish, Uh, one portion of a spring chicken. Uh, I've got two uh, bags of a seven-veg sauce from the Jamie Oliver cookbook, Uh, four portions of chicken stew, one of chili, uh, one of a beef stew, three lamb curries, uh, and I've got uh, one baby portion of bolognese. Uh, And we've only not got the chicken curry on there because it's got cream in it, so I can't cook that for Lucy. Uh, So... I basically just spent like the couple of weeks before um, before Millie arrived just doing like two or three meals at the weekend and just yeah. getting like six or seven portions out of it, sticking it all in the freezer. Because that way we were having – and we still do it now. Um, like if, if I'm working from home and I've got a bit more time, I'll try and cook something from mm. scratch. And at the weekend I try to as well. But just the convenience of it. Yeah. It just yeah. made life that much easier knowing it was just one less thing to worry about. Particularly when we were both at work as well, and and, and coming home and usually picking Millie up quite late. It has meant because we want to eat as a, we like to eat as a family, because I think it's good for the girls if we're all eating together. So unfortunately, yeah. I am like an elderly person having my tea at half five.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and then that comes back into the snacking. I'm going to need like once we finish this podcast record, I'm probably going to need a crumpet if the cat hasn't got there first. <laughs>
1: Do you, do you need a late snack then, Tom? Do you find yourself needing a late snack?
0: If I'm having tea at half five, yeah. I mean, like, you need something. Like, it's a long time till bedtime. You've got to have something. have got to have at least a bag of crisps or, uh, or a bar of chocolate to keep you going.
1: Yeah. So, can, Tom, can you just... Um, so, I, I just remember, and I think it'll always stay with me, really, until, you know, until just how much soup you ate. I mean, how much soup did you make before you had... I mean, I, I, there was months of the stuff, months of it.
0: Well, I I made uh, about, uh, there was a lovely pea and ham that I made. Uh, There's a tomato and basil with alphabeti spaghetti that I made. Uh, A Mexican bean one. There was a sort of a kale and sausage soup as well, I think. And I just made massive vats of it. Basically, any recipe that I found, I always tripled. I've got a huge pan that I bought initially because I was doing some home brewing uh, and I needed a a bigger pan for the beer. But, uh, God, those days are gone. Um, And uh, so it's like it's a massive vat. And so usually when I'm doing a a, a bolognese, um, for example, I can get like – it's one where I'm putting about like one and a half kilograms of meat in it and um, like – what, three onions, six tins of tomatoes, that sort of thing, and loads of other veg and stuff. But it's a yeah. huge amount, like, to the point where there's been some times where I've made them, like, I've quadrupled standard recipes, and then <laughs> had to get a second pan out, because it was too full. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, we did, did that with all the soups, and I was having, like, like, getting, like, 15, 20 portions of soup out of it at a time. <laughs> it was, um, it was a fish, and it, again, it was just, I couldn't be asked making sandwiches in the morning or anything. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah. It was a a remarkable effort, mate. I think it was, you know, uh, we worked together for quite a while, but I think it was the best thing I ever saw you accomplish.
0: I mean, it's hard to argue. Um, I'm
1: I'm joking. I'm joking, obviously.
0: I mean, you're joking, but you couldn't name anything else. Um, (laughs) And it's something I like cooking, um, but I knew that, yeah, I just didn't want to spend the time doing it. Uh, So it it was a good thing for us. Yes. And as I say, like to be able to come home and know that I I didn't have to worry about anything like that and I could just uh play with Millie or read to her or do something like that and do the yeah. same with Lucy. Yeah, yeah, it made made a made a huge because you do feel like you feel like you I was always convinced and I don't know like this may well have happened and Lizzie lied about it. I was always convinced that Millie had like basically walked around the room and then just as I put the key in the door Lizzie had pushed her to the floor and said, you remember, you only crawl, you know, just so, like, I'm, so I hadn't missed it or anything like that. And she swears blind that I didn't miss any of the major milestones. Um, but, you know, all, you, you feel you feel like you've missed everything. So, so getting that time back was yeah, um, yeah, was great. Yeah.
1: And also, I guess, from a health perspective, because, like, it would be so easy. I, I know when I can't be asked cooking if there's a night where I'm just in on my own for whatever reason or something like that you just pick up crap don't you like you pick up a pizza or something which is fine on a one-off but I guess having that you know you're gonna need it aren't you you know you do need you know that time to evangelical about it, you know something reasonably healthy and nutritious I guess
0: yeah and, and a lot of things like, like a lot of the recipes that we got you know just shoving extra veg into it anyway you know just yeah. to, to, to try and and we've we've got ourselves into the routine as well because we're sharing all these meals the girls have as well um, and yeah of like not putting any like being really sparing with the oil and not putting any salt and pepper in and stuff as yeah, well you know yeah. buy, buying good meat instead of cheap meat so yeah. it's um yeah it's it's you know it's it's sort of starting the girls off the right way as well and because we went yeah. and this is probably one for a later episode but we went on yeah. the the baby led weaning route as well rather than the spoon feeding so it's just meant that like Lucy Lucy loves spicy food she had a, a katsu chicken curry tonight yeah Ooh, um, really exotic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Lizzie thought it was a stew and then opened it up and found it was just a bag of sauce and had a mad scramble to find some chicken in the house. Um, but um, Millie refused to eat it because she now thinks that all spicy food is too tickly on her tongue. <laughs> she fucking used to love curry. I was so proud of her. Yeah. yeah. And Now she'll now she, now she she'll cry because she wants pasta, but she wants it with sausages instead of bolognese. I can't get anything right. Um, um, so, yeah, I have, yeah. To, I have to bribe her. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, that was very, very informative. I'm sure very informative to listen. I think I am going to uh, start... I think we've got... rachel has got, like, a list of jobs now that we need to do by certain times. Uh, and one job for this weekend is clear out the freezer. So we don't really have space for, like, a deep... Do you have, like, a deep chest freezer?
0: No, we should have bought... I bought the wrong one. We should have bought one of those.
1: We don't really have anywhere to put one because we don't have a garage. Um, but we, uh, we're going to clear out the freezer... Um, at the weekend um, just to prepare. And then I might start making some, what do you store it all in Tom? Food bags. Food bags. Right. Right. Um, and, even, and I also found, wet wet stuff. Stuff. sorry, even wet stuff. You just put that in a food bag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, they're gently, they generally hold. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you can, you can get quite a few in the, in the freezer that way. I even found like during those first weeks of maternity, I think I did enough to get started, but, um they were good opportunities cuz like there's not a lot like the baby is sleeping a lot of the time and you're a bit knackered so Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's nice of the baby sleeping in your arms but it gets into bad habits. you start yeah. putting them in the Moses basket and you can get stuff done. I made a Christmas cake uh when Millie was about 6 days old. Yeah. yeah. Uh and now the circle has been completed. She helped me make this year's. So it's all um um all come together. Mm. I need to ice that actually.
1: Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, Rach needs twice hers, actually. yeah. She's been feeding it. Apparently that's what she could... Is that what you call it when you sort of keep topping it up with alcohol?
0: Yeah, I very much do the uh, Homer alcohol-fuelled car method of one for you, one for me. Um, <laughs> so I might go and make sure that the, car, uh, the, the cake is topped up with, uh, with whiskey and uh, uh, go and pour myself a wee dram now.
1: Mm, why not? Reward yourself after this excellent hour of podcasting.
0: Yes, that's it. We need to find something to talk about next time.
1: Well, one one thing I was thinking about, we could maybe talk about Tom. Is is that sort? Of, and I don't I don't know if we've touched on it specifically. Uh, we've sort of alluded to it in various different episodes. But maybe what that sort of what your routine does become. So what what that first couple of weeks is like. Your opportunity leave together. What 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 your days like. Um, that would be something that would be quite interested to sort of touch upon. Um, that sort of routine uh, side of things. Um, what routine you try and get the baby in, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that would be something we could maybe maybe talk about. Yeah,
0: what to expect when you're expecting, which is a name of something else. But yeah, we can. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Expectations mm-hmm. for those first couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I think that will make a uh, a lovely episode for us. So. Yeah. If you've got any uh, suggestions of things to keep an eye out for, you can always get in touch with us. The email address is thedadplacepod at outlook.com uh, That's thedadplacepod at outlook.com. And we are st- staying consistent with our brand names. That's also how you can find us on Twitter. It's at thedadplacepod. And you can leave us a tip. You can. <laughs> We've got mouths to feed. Come on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Multiple, multiple mouths to feed. I'm about to have one more to feed, so come on. Come on, leave us a tip if you're enjoying our content.
0: That freezer won't fill itself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, please do, please do. I mean, until Angel Care come on, you are really the only way we can make any money out of this. So uh, um, we still not heard back from them. Um, if you if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, as I say, it's uh, the Dad Place pod at outlook.com or at the Dad Place pod on Twitter. Uh, until next time, though, from me, Tom. And from me, Aaron. Thanks for joining us in the Dad Place.